Hi, I'm T2, and I support Jedex Grown Up through Patreon because they're super gentle to my wires and boards. I think you should too. Go to patreon.com forward slash Gen X Grown Up. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown up? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to episode 86 of the Gen <sighs> X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we'll review the latest installment of the Marvel superhero film franchise, check out some tech to make your computing life more productive, and play a mind-bending game where perception shapes your reality. First, though, there's a bit of probably George's favorite part of the show half the time, and today it's going to be his favorite part of the show. And that's Uh-oh. some fourth listener email. Uh-oh. <laughs> why, why is it going to be my favorite part? Well, you'll see in about five seconds. Stand by. So <laughs> the fourth listener of this episode is Thomas, one of our longtime listeners and patrons. The subject line of his email was Challenger Documentary, and the email begins, George was right again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now it all comes into focus, right? Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, George, you were talking a few episodes ago about that great Challenger documentary and how, you know, kind of torn it made you feel about NASA, like the work they did and the, like the bad decisions they made, many of those guys. And so, yeah, it's Thomas wrote in talking about that very same documentary. And he says, I, too, watched the Challenger documentary and came away with mixed feelings about NASA administrators. But in NASA's defense, I also believe the difficult part is knowing which warnings to listen to and which ones to ignore. Sure. We may never know all the complaints employees and subcontractors may have raised about such a complex machine. I'm sure there were many. This documentary spotlights the one complaint that happens to have correctly predicted the catastrophic failure. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But like George, I couldn't believe those guys said on camera, given the same set of information, I make the same decision again today. That was a wow moment. Yeah. yeah they, that was the one. It, yeah. It's it's jarring to go, really? I mean, everything you know. He was just so unapologetic about the whole thing, about the casualty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that transpired, about basically casually giving away those people's lives. I mean, it was horrific to see him say that. It, it just seemed callous. It seemed like, yeah, tone deaf and callous and yeah, stunning. But a good documentary. I did go back and watch it after yeah. your recommendation too. And so Thomas wanted to write in about it and his salutation signed Tom the Space Geek. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for writing in. We appreciate it every time the fourth listener writes in. If you'd like your email featured here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And you see, even if you say that George was right, we still will read your email here. We <laughs> Won't, we won't well, filter them all out. Qualified <laughs> as long as it didn't say that John was wrong. It was okay well, yeah, if it said George was right. Just as long as it didn't say John was wrong, I think, was why the email got through. We have standards. I mean, come on. There's, <laughs> there's, there's certain criteria that must yeah. be. We right. must maintain the illusion. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to pretend that I know what's going on periodically. We did Thank land you. on the moon. <laughs> Thank you again, Tom. We appreciate you. So I know that George is energized now from that email. He's ready to get going. Mo, you ready to kick it off as well? Yeah, even because of the email, still ready. Despite that. Okay. <laughs> With Pillsbury Sugar Cookies, you can help kids create their own Christmas treats. I made a little angel. Actually, my mommy helped. It was easy. This Santa has a problem. My Santa's cheeks got chubby in the oven. You know how I made it? Frosting and gumdrops. The wind broke up and I ate it. Everyone loves Pillsbury Cookies, fresh and hot. Ho, ho, ho. Eating's the best, no problem. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting started here at the top of the show with media. And you know what's exciting for me is we've mostly been talking about television series in recent episodes because that's what's there. Pandemic (laughs) and everything. Right. (laughs) Reasons. But a film showed up in the theaters that I was willing to. I went and saw Tenet back when yeah. it came out. I think we mm-hmm. all did. And since then, I've not been back. Yeah, me either. I mean, it was weird and it's, you know, it's scary and it's not a good idea. But I finally got out to see Freaky, this new comedy horror from the producers of Happy Death Day. Have you seen even the trailers for this one or anybody get to see this yet? No, I have this not. This is the one with Vince Vaughn, right? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. So it's called Freaky. And the concept is it's like a cross between Freaky Friday and a horror movie. So 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 first of all, I love Vince Vaughn and I've seen him in some stuff recently where he's kind of been phoning it in. And this one, only Vince Vaughn could have done what he did here. Effectively, he's a serial killer and you see him at the beginning of this film and he's stalking co-eds and he attempts to kill this girl with a cursed dagger. And (laughs) the curse it has is it swaps their bodies. Of course, that, that happens all the time. Yeah. Right. That old trope. Oh, that old chest yeah, that old thing again. <laughs> <laughs> the old cursed dagger switching personality trick. So throughout the film, what you have is you have this, uh, the, the co-ed, the girl is, is now the serial killer. So she's around stalking people, but she's in the body of this girl. So it's like this wonderful Trojan horse. She walks through the hallways of school stalking people and nobody knows better. But the better part of this is Vince Vaughn playing the, the, the co-ed the awkward teenager you know she's self-conscious oh come on guys you know that kind of thing and he just nails it really okay he really does now i saw it in the theater just like in, it, when we saw tenant i think it was i think there were maybe in this auditorium there were eight people in the whole theater uh-huh. <laughs> occupying it so i felt nice and social distanced and safe and i think what got me in there was partially how much i enjoyed the happy death day franchise and knowing it's kind of more of that but the other part was that i had read more and more that vince vaughn did a great job in this film and I'm like, well, I'm ready. I mean, I love him in Dodgeball. Oh, sure. A lot of things he does, I love. He has done something. That, it's been a while since I've heard his name mentioned positively. <laughs> Especially anything that says he did a good job. And yeah, he exactly. really did a good job in this. I mean, you get all of the cool, awkward things you'd expect from a Freaky Friday thing. Because he's in this strong, powerful man's body, or she is, whatever, you know, she's more empowered. She doesn't feel so timid. You know, she can defend herself, which is really neat. But also, she gets the courage to talk to her crush. And of course, they, you know, there's an opportunity where they decide to kiss while she's still in this guy's body. And they're like, you know what? Let's put a pin in that and wait till later. (laughs) So, (laughs) Oh, he believes her. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it is really cute. And it's actually, if you find a theater where it's safe to go out, it's fun to see in the theater. It reminded me of what's so cool about seeing things in the theater, the limited distractions, you know, the big screen, the smell of the popcorn, the sticky floors, everything about that experience. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I was with you until the sticky floor part. (laughs) I'm not saying I love it. I'm saying it's part of the experience. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. But it's it's cool to see in the theater. It makes me remember what I miss about going out. I still, you know, I know the pandemic is in a spiking again. And you know, you gotta make those decisions. You gotta measure your uh your risk factors here and there. So I made a measured decision and I'm glad I went to see that. You know, if you even if you don't go out the theater, I think it's one that definitely when it hits home video or you know, streaming services, freaky is a great one to see. I think I would probably rate it. Mm, Almost four, three and three quarter tokens or so. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, there, there, there was some questionable stuff. There's some <laughs> tropes, but you know, you got to expect that from a comedy horror, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I don't really have much choice to wait because AMC has that stupid, silly rule that if you want to postpone your A-list service, you can't just postpone it. You have to cancel it, and you're not allowed to sign back up for six months. And I'm not for, going for to several months, regular yeah. prices anymore after being on the A-list. So <laughs> Wait, I can't imagine. No, I love the A-list, and we've been a you know mm-hmm. we've yeah. been staunch proponents of it for a while. But I, I can't imagine any time in the near future when I would see three movies a week anymore. I mean, first of all, there's not three movies coming out. <laughs> Secondly, are the movies I want to see, and am I willing to go out and risk it, right? Yeah, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I want to support going to theaters because mm-hmm. I want them to be there when I come back. When all this is over, I want to go back to the theaters again to see films. But of course. you've already offered me something that made me go see more movies. You got your money out of it, and I was buying popcorn and drinks and everything like that. But to have such a ham-fisted rule in place, it just I don't know that I'll... I may not sign back up for a list once the pandemic is over. Hmm, yeah. I, you know, I, I know that six months. I understand why it existed before the pandemic, because they didn't want people to just sign up for it for a month and then cancel right. and the wait till good movies came out and do it again, because that sure. that blows the model. But I think in, they might want to think about changing those in this kind of post pandemic, maybe for the upcoming year or two, kind of relax that a bit, because they're going to want people to come swarming back. And that kind of sweeping restriction, the ham fisted restriction, as you put it appropriately, is I think it's kind of a it's a catch-all that doesn't apply anymore i think they might want to relax that but if i was a betting person i'd say that they are going to probably revamp that strategy you know they're going to do whatever it takes to get people back on board right it's not in their best interest to do that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i mean they don't have a lot of time if these vaccines pan out but (laughs) yeah god let's hope which yeah yeah really (laughs) i'm first one standing in line yep Mo, how about you? I know that I got out to the theater. Uh, did yes. you get uh, a chance to see anything in the theater or otherwise Not you want to chat about? So this is no. one of the few movies that actually was in the theaters during the pandemic. Uh, it's The mm. New Mutants. Ah, oh, okay. I, I did not yep. see it in the theater, but it just recently dropped the video. So you could see it like a pay-per-view. Got it. And so I watched it finally. And it was one I was actually kind of looking forward to because I was looking for something a little different, I guess, from, you know, it seemed a little different than the other kind of superhero movies that we've been seeing from the MCU mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Wasn't it kind of like promoting? It as pseudo horror, or yeah, it was kind of a little the- darker, a little psychological, oh, was it? okay, crazy right. stuff. And let me tell you, it it left me feeling a little flat, actually. Oh, you didn't like it that much, huh? No, it didn't. I mean, I'm all for like, you know, yeah, the superheroes, but let's get a good story going. And all, and, you know, because you have to have a good story, right? You have to have good characters and all that stuff. So what's what's the basic premise? I'm not a huge mutant, New Mutants fan or whatever. So what's the idea? So in the comic books, the New Mutants were like the next generation of X-Men, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they were the younger group because at this point, the X-Men were like were in their 20s. So now these were like teenagers as kids that Professor X got together and was trying to form like the next team essentially oh it's an x-men the next generation yeah sort of kind of yeah sort of kind of so this one though they kind of took a different tact on where instead that these were all younger mutants kind of brought together more as a to get them to control their power so they could be basically kind of like used i guess you know not for good purposes necessarily it's not the professor x school of special people it's not Mm -hmm. that group it's it's a more sinister group because i i saw this in the theater john you were talking about oh did you okay yeah yeah and 
Yeah, they're definitely it, it's more governmental conspiracy theory kind right. of stuff mixed in with these people trying to recognize their horrible powers as they manifest through adolescence. Hmm. At the surface, it sounds like that would be a cool addition to that I, story. Yeah, exactly. It, for me, it was. And there were parts of it that were very good. I mean, like the actors I thought they picked were really great, I think, for all the roles. Mm-hmm. They yep. did some really great jobs with some of the storyline. But then it just seemed like it got too it, it almost like for me, it went a little too far away from the superhero thing because you know mm. you want to see people using their cool powers right and really you don't really see a whole lot of it until like the very end <laughs> this sounds like the x-files syndrome you know it's like i want to see aliens and creepy stuff and instead i got you know often 30 minutes of government intrigue and two minutes of aliens at the end sometimes right yeah it was kind of like that and and, and i'm also saying okay you got to have relationships and all that but mm-hmm. one is i don't understand why every movie has to have a romantic relationship in it anymore why can't a group of people get together and just be a group of people <laughs> you know instead they had to throw relationships in there like oh my god you're the person i'm like why that, that did nothing to help promote the story as far as i was so like they just felt shoehorned in like some yeah. executive said where's the love interest and they had exactly to make we it have to have a love interest in this mm. but now the saving side of it is that the again the actual like the one who played uh magic she was great mm-hmm. she's also in that thing on netflix about the woman who plays chess yeah, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. Yeah, she's the star of that as well. The same person. Oh, oh, same actress. Okay. Same actress. Yeah, I've seen that. And so she was outstanding. And they also did a couple things. And this is just me being an old comic book nerd, right, from back in the day. That they changed some things that just bugged me <laughs> as a comic book person. I'm not sure if people Powers say. or history? Yeah, or what? like powers. Like uh. there was one kid who was called Sunspot, right? That was his name. And the thing is that he basically, and this is going to sound corny, but he absorbs light and that gives him strength, right? That's essentially what it comes down to. Okay. In the comic book, when he like was like full power, basically he absorbed all the light. So nothing reflected off. So he was like this black silhouette. Okay. Which I said, that's going to look so cool in the theater. You know, that's all I kept thinking. And they right, didn't do right. it. And they didn't do it. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh man. I was like, that could have been such a cool like, What effect. about the superhero part of the superhero movie? Come on. Yeah. I was like, that would have been so cool. Okay. I mean, granted, they gave him the strength and all that stuff, but they really didn't talk about it that much. And then the kid who played like Cannonball, which is another one that he basically just could, at the time, he could go in a straight line really well, <laughs> like rocketing. Yeah. And while he's in that form, he's supposed to be like invulnerable and all that stuff. But him, I, his character, I thought they didn't do enough with really, like didn't really talk about it much. I don't know. It, it, it just seemed like it was like, it, it, instead of like, you know, in a <laughs> turned up to 11, you know, everything seemed mm-hmm. like it was turned to like six or seven. Oh. <laughs> and it needed to get that extra couple levels in there, I think, to make it good. I mean, that's just my opinion of it. I know, George, you seem like you probably liked it or sounds like you may have liked it more. I did like it a little bit more than sounds like what you did, but I wasn't a New Mutants fan either during comic book era. I mean, I had a couple of issues, first issue, two or three, oh, sure. but I never really got that into that series. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think I had a lot of the preconceived notions that you did going into the film. Mm-hmm. I was kind of just watching the film for itself. And oh, sure. I got a slight different take on it. Uh, to me, John, you might mm-hmm. appreciate this analogy a little bit. It felt a little bit more like Brightburn. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, in Brightburn, how there's weird stuff happening around the kid and you know the kid's special, but you're not really sure where it's going to go. And then it has that twist at the end where he's, yeah, know, yeah. he goes evil Superman and whatnot. Right, right. This kind of has a little bit of that feel. Yeah, in that I can see that. Some of the main characters, you're not really sure where they're going to go and who's going to do what. And then there's some twists at the end that kind of throw you off a little bit. But if you're ingrained in 
the original story, you're going to hate this movie because it doesn't hold true to the original New Mutant story. And I totally get that because there have been a lot of superhero films that made me feel the same way. Mm -hmm. This one, it's one of those, if you weren't a New Mutants fan before the film, you might enjoy the film. If you were, like Mo is, I completely understand why you would not enjoy this film as much. Huh. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't even care about this movie until we got to this part of this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe, and the reason I wasn't interested is because, oh, I'm not a fan of that. And not that I'm disrespecting someone who is, I'm just not interested. But now the fact that I'm not a fan of it might actually make it more a film for me is what I'm hearing. It could be. It could be for sure. Because like huh. another thing I can tell you that having been a fan of the original comic books when they came out is I knew exactly what was going on right from the start. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because yeah. I knew like, oh, that's because of blah, blah, blah. I, I knew because I've read the comic books and I was a fan. Whereas if not knowing that may have made it more interesting. Huh. Okay. That's a thinker. Interesting. Okay. So Mo, knowing what you know mm -hmm. and all that taken into account, would you give it a rating? What do you think on our tokens? Oh, scale? sure. I mean, I would probably give it two and a half tokens, two tokens. Like I said, there was some really great acting in it. Yeah. Overall kind of weak though. Yeah, and, and when they did actually do like the whole big fight scene and stuff, it was extremely cool. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. very, very cool. When they finally got around to it, right? Just when they finally got around to it, taste. yeah. For me personally, I think they could, or they, or maybe the story could be. I don't know. It, it just seemed like it was just dialed down just a little bit too much in places that they needed to dial it up a little bit. Too much in some places, too little of yeah. what you're really looking for. So, okay, got it. The new mutants. Cool. All right. Well, something new in the theater and something from the theater. Come home. We get back from the break. We're going to dig into our tech and toys. Stick around. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas from your Kmart Christmas store. Save on sweaters and on hats, bowling balls and baseball bats. Cameras, TVs, bikes and plants, goldfish, bat boys, slippers, pants. Mirrors, dresses, perfume, socks, toasters, roasters, robes and clocks. Candy records, films and toys at Santa Land for girls and boys. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Okay, with the holiday season coming up, I guess this would be a really good time to have a Tekken toy, which I don't have. <laughs> way, to, way to bury the lead there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like Thanks I, for listening, everyone. I, know, I was trying to figure out like, something to throw in this section because it's been busy and I've been doing a lot of tech thinking because of our last podcast and because of stuff I'm like trying to uh, get kids and stuff for Christmas, but I didn't actually get anything. <laughs> well, you know, you're not alone because I've mentioned on previously on the show when it comes around the holiday times, so... <laughs> We the problem we we just had the gift guide backtrack a couple yeah. weeks ago right where we talked about that often you know your significant other or your friends or family don't know what to get you because you you're like oh a toy and you go get it and you buy it which I <laughs> yeah. think we all do more <laughs> often than not it's like oh it's shiny and I want it and in my family we have a moratorium once you hit about yeah, mid to late <laughs> November you're not allowed to buy things for yourself you can tell me what you want you can put it on a wish list so I have tech toys well, I have tech <laughs> and toys on a wish list that I'm. <laughs> 
eager to get. And then I have the thing after Christmas where if you don't get it, you just go buy it yourself and buy yourself a gift. It's like potential tech toys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have some tech toys coming up. So are you up. two lazy asses telling me that I've got to carry the tech and toy segment for the next two months? That's not what I'm telling you, but that might be what happens. <laughs> the next month, let's say. How about that? Probably till after Christmas. Yeah, at least. it's after yeah. Christmas. Oh, Lord. So what do so, you got for us, George? George, what do you got? <laughs> it well, better be good. That was awesome, man. I'm, I'm excited. What do you got? If I had known that there was going to be this much pressure on my one item, I believe I'd have chosen something different. However, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I do have something that was cool to me and something that's helpful for me. I don't know if it'll be helpful to anybody else, but during the pandemic and working from home, one of the difficulties that I faced was using a computer to remote into my office. In what way? What do you mean difficult? Well, we have to do VPNs. Yeah. And oftentimes I use a VPN here at the house on my main PC to because I don't want people spying on what I do and everything. But mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that VPN turned on at the same time my work VPN is turned on is a pain in the rear end. So I'm like, OK, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. I've got plenty of computers laying around. Let me get one set up that's just dedicated for work and has my works VPN software installed on it. OK, so I did that. However, I don't have this ginormous evil guy from Austin Powers type of desk set up where I've got tons of room and everything. It's, you know, small little office with a little L-shaped desk. But if you did, that would be cool. That would be cool, right? That <laughs> would be cool. <laughs> that would be an awesome tech and toy segment. Uh <laughs> So I don't have a lot of space and I've got a dual monitor set up for my main PC. And I'm like, okay, there's has to be a KVM out there. For those who don't oh, know, sure. KVM think, keyboard right? video monitor mm -hmm. is a device that allows you to connect multiple PCs to one set of peripherals and you can click a button to switch between mm -hmm. them. We use mm -hmm. them oh, at sure. work all yeah. the time in the racks. Mm -hmm. We have, mm -hmm. you know, a KVM that slides out of the rack and it's connected to every server in that rack and so on and so forth. But finding one for home that also supports dual HDMI monitors. Monitors. Oh, that's a, okay. Oh. I, I was about to say that sounds easy until I, I forgot. So, yeah, you yeah, monitor. yeah, that's a curveball there. Oh, now, there yeah. are, there's KVMs over IP, and I haven't investigated those because I just wanted something that was simple and easy yeah. to deal with. I actually found one, which was nice. It's the CKL HDMI KVM switch two port dual monitor extended display oh, device. A dual oh. monitor KVM. Yeah. It's not cheap if it's something that you're buying for working from home only. I'm using it for multiple things now, but it's $114 currently. Mm, that is a little pricey. Yeah. You've got to make a decision that you really need it or want it. Right. Setup was easy. It comes with a set of uh, cables that allow you to connect one end into the device, and the other end has USB and the micro um audio little three and a half millimeter mm -hmm, mm -hmm. connections yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, because you can uh -huh. connect your microphone and your headsets into this thing. It also oh, has okay. USB hubs built into it. And the button click is nice. It's just one click to switch between the two different devices. And it even has like this little wired remote. So if you have to put the KVM somewhere else on your desk because it needs to be closer to the PCs. Like out of sight or behind right. something. Yeah. You can run this little wired remote button, which I do right in front of your keyboard and just click, click, and you're moving over. And so far, so good. Now, I don't know if it's going to last because some of the reviews talk about this device working well for two or three months and then quitting. Oh, no. Oh, really? Yes. But there just are not a lot of choices out there for 
something this price point or lower yeah. for what I wanted to do. But so far, it's working out. Yeah, I did a quick scan just from after you sent the link over, and like I can't see anything even close to that price range that does dual mm-hmm. monitor. You know, you're talking two hundred dollars to find something similar. Exactly, that's what I was finding, and not just on Amazon, but even just Google itself. You know, searching through different mm-hmm. websites, every mm-hmm. all these KVMs, and I maybe they jacked up their prices for the pandemic. I I oh. never looked oh. at them before, but mm. I could see that. Well, you know, even pre-pandemic, my wife works from home, and she has a work computer that they sent her that they have to use. And then she has her personal computer and she always had a KVM. And it's funny that you went shopping for one probably in the last, I don't know, two or three months, I had to replace her KVM because it was giving her fits. Mm. And I also noticed that even a decent one, it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. But the one, she didn't have HDMI, which I think that jacks the price up because you have licensing for HDMI and this is a multi-monitor thing. But the question I want to ask you about it is the complaint I have about mini KVMs, even the one that I just replaced for my wife, is acquisition time. Like when you do a switch, Mm -hmm. sometimes you'll hit the button or you'll do the keystroke or whatever, and it goes black and you go get a cup of coffee. Like it takes several seconds. Really? Wow. What's your experience with this one with when you switch over, how long it takes for you actually have control? Is there much time that it takes or how's the response time? Uh, Under two seconds. Oh, really? That's, That's actually very good. Okay. Yeah, under two seconds. And I think the only caveat to that I'll add is that my particular laptop, because it's one of those that can fold back on itself and turn itself into a tablet. Uh Sometimes when I do the switch over, there's some weird artifacting with the mouse. Like it'll think that the mouse is touching the touch screen because it will try to go into tablet mode. But that's my tablet. That's not the device, the CKL. Not the switch itself. Yeah. You know, something else looking at the Amazon listing here that I think probably shouldn't be be overlooked is it comes with a boatload of cables that often you buy extra that cost five or six or 10 bucks per cable. Yeah. But it looks like this comes with a mountain of everything you need to actually get the connections up and working. Yeah. I mean, it comes with four cables, the two straight up HDMI cables, just one HDMI to another. And then mm-hmm. that HDMI with the breakout cable on the other end that has the all HDMI, the, audio and USB the USB, and mouse and yeah, all great. that stuff. Okay. So, so cool. far, so good on the CKL yeah. brand KVM. Fingers crossed. So, uh, I don't think he did too bad. I think it's a pretty good tech toy considering we made him carry the whole segment. <laughs> I mean, if that's, I mean, me and you, we were interested, if nothing else. I don't know if our listeners would be. You know be, what? But, you know. <laughs> Fourth listener, it's time to wake up because we're almost done with the tech segment. Otherwise, we were very entertained. <laughs> Teasing, obvious. Wake up, toys, or you're going to miss Christmas Eve with the Kodak Disc. Someone got the family a Kodak disc. Just look at all the shots they're not gonna miss. There's never been a time that's better than this to give someone the Kodak disc. Give someone the Kodak disc camera this Christmas, and if they don't think it's the easiest camera they've ever used, Kodak will give you your money back. Money back. So when you go out and shop, just remember to stop. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Segment, 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 segment. segment. (laughs) I needed an extra day. I asked the gentleman to please move this podcast recording one more day past because 
on the Friday of this week, my son was playing in his football game and I was screaming my bloody head off and had no voice whatsoever all day Saturday. So I appreciate that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have gotten that wonderful intro win? to the game. Like, no, hell no. Uh, <laughs> well, when you messaged me, you said it was like it was tied 14-14 or something. You were screaming was, your head off, right? It was 14-14 at the half. We got we received the kickoff in the third quarter and ran that back for a touchdown. And that was the last point we scored. And they decided, things were looking good at that point. Yeah. The other team decided, you know what? We're going to just go ahead and win this game now so y'all sit back (laughs) we're done playing around oh it's too bad they put in three guys in the backfield for anybody who knows football three guys in high school each one of them 6'3 220 so a quarterback and two running backs and they just (laughs) ran over our normal average size children that were playing in this football game I I would not have been surprised to see after the end of the game these three men have like a wife and kid run out onto the field and celebrate with them celebratory oh cigars yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> celebratory <laughs> beer afterwards All right yeah oh lord so no they did not win but they gave a valiant effort it ended up being 35 to 20 which is a you know they only let yeah. that team score two touchdowns above them that's not and a crush yeah that's okay <laughs> they held their own they held their own well good we gave your voice a chance to recover after all your cheers yes. so or yelling or <laughs> Now, I know that we've got several games in this mm-hmm. segment. It's not like the last two segments where it's just one or two of us talking. <laughs> I'll start with Mo. Mo, what have you been playing lately? Okay, so remember that thing we said about not buying ourselves anything for Christmas time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, John totally made me blow that. Uh, <laughs> okay. And I'm totally right. blaming, I'm blaming him completely because we were having lunch the other day, and he comes over and says, oh, he says, I saw this at the store, and I almost sent you a picture, and I didn't, and then he pulls it up. And it was a board game called, get this, Godzilla Tokyo Clash. Oh, right. Okay. So you ended up purchasing this. Oh, I, after lunch, I went to the store and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're such a sucker. Literally, I all am. I saw was, oh, it's a Godzilla something. I saw it at Target and I mentioned it to him and he's like, where's my damn keys? He's yeah, let's go. ready to lunch go. Lunch is over. I'm out of here. No. Uh, well, first off, I mean, so I went and picked up. I, ha- I haven't played it yet. Matter of fact, I was thinking I'm probably going to do a video on it just from what I've seen when I opened the box because it looks freaking cool. And it's made by Funko, right? And it like, has little figures of Mothra yeah. and stuff. But basically the premise of the game is you get to play as like one of four monsters kaiju Mm -hmm. and of course you could be godzilla they picked a good four i think and you get to destroy Tokyo and whoever destroys the most wins. <laughs> well, there you go. And the thing is that it's, it's cool is that there's not like a dice roll luck game. It's more of a card game kind of strategy. Hmm. It looked very cool. They give you actual miniatures of the monsters to play with. So it's not like tokens. They're actually a little Godzilla, uh-huh. a little, and they're actually pretty good size too. They're about two inches high and it just looks like it's going to be a blast. So I already have a thing. I'm, I told my daughter that we have to play it like, immediately. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it just it and plus the the box design of it is just beautiful. The important question is is King Kong in this game? No, this is Kaiju. This is not. This is Tokyo oh, Godzilla. Sorry, no, <laughs> no, sorry. King Kong never invade. King Kong stays on the American side Freaking of things. Monster snobs here, both of you, monster snobs. King Kong has never. I don't think he, he doesn't invade Tokyo. Well, he actually has once, but still, that's not his thing. <laughs> Thank you. See there. I mean, we're proving my point for the me. Game rampage. Really, can we not accept? <laughs> 
gorillas and dragons living next to each other with wolfmen in the background. Come on. That's true. I guess they can. But it's more of a game I'm just super excited to play with. Just from growing up with all the monster movies and watching those endlessly, this looks like it's going to be right up my alley. So I am completely on board with this game, whether it sucks or not. Sorry, not sorry. There you go. Oh, no, no. This is one I'm like, yeah, I'm getting this. So that's what I got going on. So, John, how about you? I have a really cool video game that I've already finished, but I (laughs) got to talk about it. So there's this indie game from a developer named Pillow Castle. I had never heard of never did my that. video game playing daughter walked up to me the other day and said, there's this game I want you to play. I don't want you to know anything about it. I just want you to download it and start playing it. You have my attention. I'm interested now. Yeah. The game is called Super Liminal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like subliminal, but super, not so. <laughs> It was apparently so good. You got me and Georgia copy. <laughs> I did what my daughter said. I played it sight unseen and I enjoyed it so much that I turned around and bought Mo yep. and Georgia copy as I played this <laughs> yep. sight unseen. Yeah. I don't know if you both have yet. I'll oh, ask yeah. you in a second. Oh, yeah. Have you? Okay. So how do I explain the concept of this game? It's... It's a puzzle game. Now, I think my daughter described it best to me when the only thing she would tell me is she said, it's kind of a cross between Portal and the Stanley Parable. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, there's a one-two punch right there. If in fact, it's even close to either of those. The concept here is that you're visiting this place that is doing sleep studies and you fall asleep at some point during some testing. And the entire game is played like in this dream state with them trying to get you out of it. So (laughs) anything can happen. And perception is reality. There's a physics model in it that is I've never seen before. Mm. I mean, think about when you pick something up in reality and you, you know, I'm squishing your head, right? You can make it look like your hand is enormous compared to the guy whose head you're squishing. Or you hold up something, hold up a toy car and it looks like it's on the road. You can do that in this game. (laughs) If you pick up a prop that's small and you put it in perspective very large and let go, it's now there and it's huge or it's small. And you use that to build puzzle solving elements and steps and ladders to go up and down and how to get through doors and move things between places. And it was a mind blower for me. I yeah. really, really enjoyed it. Not a perfect game, but no. very, very just the mechanics. So now I'm going to ask, I sent it to you guys. And so mm-hmm. you had a chance to play it a little bit. I want to know what your impressions are compared to mine. Was I just blown away because it was something like those old other games or what did you think of it? Well, I'll, I'll go first. Let me tell you, it was original, which I mm-hmm. liked. It was cool. And it had, it had some problems, but I had enough fun where the problems I was okay with. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I was able to overlook some of the issues with the game because I was just just so blown away with the creativity behind it and the fun like I mean you talk about how messing with perspective is right yeah I remember this is one scene where because there's a lot of chess pieces in this thing for some reason yeah and there was a pawn and I was like oh because normally you could pick those up and drop them and, and I'm clicking on this damn thing and I can't pick it up and I'm like why can't I pick this thing up and I said because it's a bug painted the on the floor because it was painted <laughs> on the damn floor like and you only see it it only looks real from that one spot as soon as you move a little to the side you see that it's painted on the floor and on the wall so that if you're in that one spot, it looks like a real 3D thing. But as soon as you mm-hmm. move, you see it's not. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you bastards. I was like, that is, <laughs> I, I can't tell you. I was like clicking like, what the hell? And I'm sure that's what they were thinking when they put it there. They but continually I was like, subvert your expectations yeah. on every subsequent level, don't they? Just keep kind of changing what you think. George, what did you think so far? Where, where Have you gotten into it much? I have. I've played it quite a bit this past week. Um, I didn't start playing it right away when you first gave it to us because I was playing other stuff at the time. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. 
I will say to me, this is definitely a cross between Portal and more the Cube that game I reviewed a few episodes ago. Cube, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that too. So a little bit more of Mm -hmm. those two combined with Force Perspective as the main game element. Right. And I liked it. It's fun. It's it's unusual because of that element. I don't think I'm a big fan of the fact that they kind of went back to the portal cube Stanley parable. Well, I would have rather seen this hmm, in really? something else, but I really enjoyed the force perspective being the main game element. Yeah. I don't know what I would have enjoyed it in more, but because it felt so much like those games that I've already played quite a bit, it was like, okay, it, a lot of it's just more of the same. It's all puzzle solving, which is good. They do a couple of neat things and mm-hmm. there's places where you actually step outside the set, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah. Of the game. And there are little tasks that you have to do where you take an object and you move it from one room, from one part of the room to the other. And because it gets bigger in your view, it grows the object so that you can mm-hmm. then use the object to exactly. advance to yep. the next level. That stuff was all really fun. I just, I, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it wasn't set in such a familiar setting. You know, you're right. You know, I said it's inspired by those. I think in some cases it borrowed really heavily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like there's a female voice that's it so like, so like the GLaDOS. portal Gladys yeah. voice. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Maybe it didn't have to be quite the exact same snarky as that other character. You're right. It, it liberally borrowed from those with a brand new kind of mechanic on top of it. That's fair. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm, I want to support independent game developers and, he obviously had a thing where he said, okay, I love portal and I love these other types of games like this. <laughs> We're but doing this. I want to do this with it. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't no, know. I, I, actually I, enjoyed it. I totally get it. Cause remember I said that there were some parts I didn't like so much about the game. Mm-hmm. And I think yep. that was one of them is that it didn't feel like a brand new game. Right. It did not. Yeah, it felt like Portal 3 to me. Yeah, it right. felt like something I played before with some new mechanics thrown in there. And I kind of see what like you mean. Like you could believe this was going to be Portal 3 and then somebody lost the rights to something. Like almost. Right. Like yeah. You could believe that. If somebody like, told or you maybe that. this guy worked on the Portal team for right. a number yep. of years and then <laughs> yep. struck out on his own or something. That's the feeling I got from it. But. Yeah. It's a solid game. It's oh, yeah, worth absolutely. the exactly. purchase. John, exactly. how much is it right now on Steam? I think it runs, I think it's like 20 bucks, 15, 20 bucks, something like that. And and I will say it's it's painfully short. Uh, yeah. I was able to finish the entire game in under four hours. But also what's really interesting to me, being that I'm a fan of independent game development, is that once you finish it, you can go back and play the entire game with audio commentary and hear the, the different artists talk about how they made decisions for puzzles and music. No, that's and very Lighting cool. like and things that like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so that's cool. an I've already started my second playthrough doing all that audio commentary. So, you know, there's the game element of it and there's the game design element of it that I'm getting even after the fact. So I think once this hits $10, like just buy it. I mean, there's yeah, it's, it's, it's still a 20. Game, that's a bit much worth. for the, its length. Uh, the quality is there. It's pretty well polished. Definitely derivative. Definitely borrows heavily from some of those other ones we mentioned. But I, I think I would give it, man, I, I really liked it. I would probably give it like four tokens out of five. I mm. really, really like yeah, it, despite the derivative high, nature. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Okay. So that's what I've definitely been playing. We got Mo's Godzilla out of the way. George, though, it is time to catch up with your <laughs> your A to Z humble bundle games. Yeah. Where are we at? 
Well, we're up to the letter T now, so we're definitely Ooh. in the home stretch. Mm-hmm. Just got a few more letters left to go. I think six, right? I, I haven't well, done alphabet do it? since over. the third grade, so I don't remember. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is done. I mean, this has been your life for 40 weeks now. I so think. we have a different perspective. This has not been a life. This has just been a way for me to make sure I contribute something to the segment I announced. <laughs> well, and you found so many good games along the way, too. So that's yeah, been a nice I side have. Effect. And I could go back through another 26 games and probably another 26 after that because i have way too many Mm -hmm. games from these bundles in this case the letter t is uh populated with a game that's definitely going to be familiar to a lot of our listeners out there i'm sure it's not an unknown hidden gem it's a game called this war of mine oh that's such a good game Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i hope you think it's a good game yeah (laughs) some i think so it's a really fun story driven scavenger survival game is the way i'm going to describe it i'll give the description from steam that's a pretty good description yeah but i want to mention that i got this one in the humble fight for racial justice bundle so earlier in the Mm -hmm. year when they were having all the you know the george floyd and all of that type of thing that was going on humble bundle got together a lot of big name game publishers and they put out this whole giant bundle that had goodness 92 items in it it was Mm. massive was it that many wow yeah i mean not all of them were games there were a lot of like uh audio soundtracks to games and different things like that Mm -hmm. but man this bundle was just huge i paid the full price of 30 dollars for it at the time and there have been so many things that i wanted to play in it this is the only game so far that i actually have played from that bundle (laughs) since then oh really (laughs) yeah there's a lot in there there's a lot in there there is and i'm happy that this was the game that i chose um i'll give you the description from steam now it says in this war of mine you do not play as an elite soldier rather a group of civilians trying to survive in a besieged city struggling Mm -hmm. with lack of food medicine and constant danger from snipers and hostile scavengers the game provides an experience of war seen from an entirely new angle and that's an apt description because if you think about Mm -hmm. war games you you're going to think of your call of duties and those first person shooter kind of you know running through the things and Right. I'm a big Dwayne Johnson Marine with a yeah. rifle. And, <laughs> and I'm just not a big fan of those games. I just don't, I don't know. Those games just don't grab me. It's not that they're mm-hmm. not good. Obviously, they made billions of dollars, so a lot of people like them. But this game being so, and it's not story driven. I was about to say being so story driven. It's not that it's story driven. It kind of is, but it's more, how do I say it? It's more it environmental, like narrative driven. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. Mm -hmm. You're you're almost creating your own story as you decide how to survive, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just point and click. It's not, you don't have to have any large amounts of dexterity or hand-eye coordination or anything like that. It's just point and click, really. And I really enjoy this game. I've been playing it quite a bit in preparation for this episode, but generally I'll find that when I'm preparing for an episode with one of these games, I'll play it for an hour or two, come up with a rating, and then move on to something mm-hmm. else. This mm-hmm. is one of those rare instances throughout this list of about maybe three to five games that I'll continue to play this after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. This I, I, I've played this game before. It's been out for quite a while now, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that gets you, it's, it's not so much focused on like this big picture thing. It's to me, it's like a very small, like it's focused on a very small thing, like this one it civilian. Is, yeah, it's very small. Surviving in this war-torn city, basically, right? And you make decisions that are, you decide, well, let's, you know, sacrifice this 
person right. or resource or, you know, cut my losses here or how can I defend against this? Right. It's a fun game. No yeah. question. You know, it definitely sets a mood too when you play it. Like, you know, it, atmospheric. It, it, it pulls that's the word in. I'm looking yeah, that's for. A good it, word. It, that's definitely, a perfect yeah. word for it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And you know, I made a mistake. I thought this was the only one I'd play for this game. I actually got NBA 2K20 in the same bundle as I was looking okay. back through yeah. my oh. list. So I definitely got more than one game out of that bundle. But I don't know. For me, I, as much as I enjoyed NBA 2K20, this was, I think, quite a bit better. Well, th those are two very different things, though. You have a great sports game, but then you have this kind of storytelling, adventure-y kind of thing. So I think, I mean, it's, it's a fine comparison, but you had two quality games that you got a lot out of in this mm -hmm. one bundle, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a fun game. I recommend it if you haven't already picked it up. It's 20 bucks right now on Steam. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how long it's supposed to last. I'm in like day nine of my current survival game. It's, I don't it's know how many days game. it goes, but I totally expect to get 20 hours out of this game without a problem. Mm, nice. So I'll get my Corys. Without, All right. Yeah, without but too much. But you tradition. didn't have to spend twenty bucks, did you? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> so where are we at on this game? And get us an update on your spreadsheet. So I mean, if you look at it, this humble fight for racial justice bundle, the max amount of money that you could spend on it at the time was thirty dollars, and that's what I did. Yep. Just between these two games, NBA Two K Twenty and this game, that's eighty dollars worth of retail price just mm -hmm. in these two games. <laughs> So I only spent 30 on the bundle, even if you don't do the division and the math on how many items were in the bundle. But I went ahead and did that anyway, of course, because I love spreadsheets. And out of the 92 items that are in this, that drops the price down per item to 33 cents, which is what I paid for this game. So I saved $19.66. It's just incredible that they offer these quality games through this service for such a reasonable price. Even if you don't think about the dividing it by however many items in the bundle just it's a $20 game I paid 30 but I also then got a $60 game yeah and this and this and this and this and this and this yeah. for years to come you'll unlock and play and, and exactly. be gifting yourself yeah <laughs> so what have you spent so far where are you up to let's get a tally oh okay so um so far i've spent a total of 175 dollars on the humble bundles themselves and that's if you mm -hmm. include me buying this bundle twice as i said right because i just did oh, a gotcha. simple yeah yeah some right, total Yep. I would have if I bought the games at retail current prices spent $312.80. <laughs> However, doing the math on the per game subtotal, which right. is $8.11. <laughs> For all these games up through <laughs> For all tea. these games, I have <laughs> saved $304.69 on that. Holy crap. It just yeah. keeps getting cooler to hear, you know, the, all these great games. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 like going out to lunch. It's just it's a few bucks. <laughs> OK, so you have this backlog of games. We're caught up in the letter T, but we've been often uh, something from your back catalog we're giving away. Do you have something to give away for this episode? We do. We actually have okay. this game to give away. This War of Mine. Yeah, really? We have this okay. War of Mine to give away. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I think this is one of those rare instances where we have the same steam key for the game that we're reviewing which i think that's is a great, great get and it is it's twenty dollars all you have to do is send an email to get a game that's worth twenty dollars i'm sure it won all kinds of awards games of the years and whatnot oh that's awesome yeah you know, it came out in 2014 but it's still an awesome game so what about a, a subject line so they email us at podcast at genxgrownup.com but we need a special subject line for this war of mine what do you think I would just say this war of mine. That's pretty straightforward. Well, that's not very inspired, but it's <laughs> well, appropriate. I guess. I'm a simple, I'm a 
simple person. So <laughs> simple tastes, simple codes. Okay. All right. So if you want to, if you're the first one to hit our inbox at podcast at genxgrownup.com with this war of mine in the subject line, George will award you a free copy of the game. Nice. Absolutely. Totally worth it. So I would say jump on this one. It is worth it. It definitely is. We'll be back right after this break. Taste all the ways. Butter helps your holidays. That time of year is here. Holiday baking deserves real butter. Make a cinnamon roll tree, sugar cookies, marzipan, and more. Bake ahead. Real butter's baked-in flavor improves with age. Taste all the ways. Butter helps you say happy holidays throughout the year. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Before we wind it up, we always like to take just a few minutes here toward the end of the show to talk about what we're looking forward to. What new, you know, films or books or comics or games or whatever we're going to be enjoying between now and the next time we get together. And Mo, let's start with you. What are you looking forward to? Oh, I've been looking forward to this one for a while. It's the hmm? next season of The Expanse. Hmm. Oh, the the sci-fi series. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yep. And now they already committed that they're doing this, they're doing one more season after this, and that's going to be it, which I'm okay with. And I'm a little disappointed, but I'm okay with it, you know, because as long as they like they plan the ends out ahead of time i'm usually pretty good <laughs> it's not a surprise oh no yeah, the story's broken ending okay right, exactly. yeah yeah but so now it's gonna be into season five is gonna drop december 16th and that is definitely when am i gonna probably binge that sucker so don't talk to me for like the 16th to like the 18th. <laughs> so they are gonna drop all episodes at once then you're saying that's what they have been doing they haven't said that they they're not doing it so far so i'm not gonna worry that's what's gonna happen so you're you're expecting a binge okay I'm expecting a binge december 16th all right yep so how about you, George? What do you got going? Well, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff to be looking forward to, but I wanted to take this part of the segment because we got, it was really unusual. We were contacted by HBO of all places. Mm-hmm. Who, right. Who oh, reached right. out to us. For. Yep. Yeah. And they wanted us to um, talk about a documentary that they have coming out on December 12th. And the reason why they reached out to us is a, our YouTube channel is starting to grow. And John, I just wanted to take just a moment during the segment to say from now on, we absolutely are going to have a jelly bean segment in every live stream. Every, that we do. every, every single one, <laughs> every single jelly one. That was segment. awesome. If you guys, <laughs> don't know go back and take a look at the what was it mega mania mega was mania we were supposedly yes. gonna play but and, it became the, game the jelly bean wheel of death <laughs> the game was yeah. incidental really it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun i mean yeah and actually it was just a lot of fun just that's what i'm with looking everybody. forward to the most is all these live streams now with jelly bean death segments yes. those are awesome <laughs> absolutely but <laughs> these people from hbo they did reach out to us because we're doing well on youtube and the podcast is growing and hitting new segments and they said hey you guys are gen x fans you will probably enjoy this and we'd love for you to share this with your audience it's called how can you mend a broken heart it's an hbo documentary about the bgs yeah wow. you know that has there not been one till now well there have been but i think this one is specifically geared toward that album the mm. how can you mend a broken heart album oh, that, was that huge. came out that was monster well, yeah. huge oh my god it was it was one of their biggest albums of all time and i think that they reached out to us like i said because they wanted our audience 
to get a chance to watch this? We're one of the target audience. I mean, one of the things that we is probably underserved by our show is a focus on music. We touch on a, some highlights here and there, you know, when a new album comes out or we focus on some one hit wonders. But music was such a huge part yeah. of growing as a, as a Gen Xer. And the Bee Gees were right there throughout it. I mean, from when we were born, they were already kind of coming up in the what, early 70s and stuff. And they were a force to be reckoned with. I mean, every album was huge from them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I love the little descriptor that they sent over to us. So I'm going to go ahead and read it just so everybody gets oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. a yeah, better please. view of what this is going to be about rather than me just rambling on about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It says, The Bee Gees' How Can You Mend a Broken Heart chronicles the highs and lows of brothers Barry, Maurice, and Robin Gibb and the evolution of their prolific career as the Bee Gees. Through interviews and never-before-seen footage, discover how they navigated the ever-changing music industry and complex dynamics of family and fame. Mm. Cool. That is not jive talking right there. That is some serious stuff. <laughs> Okay, that's awful. That was awful. That's awful. <laughs> well, I can tell you, as as a as a Gen Xer that had three older brothers, yep. that were heavy into the disco. Into disco, I know, right? <laughs> DGs was something that was constantly playing. Yep. So yeah, this so this new documentary is uh, so HBO or HBO Max, and it's going to drop on December twelfth. I think you said right. so. Yeah, December twelfth, HBO, HBO Max. It seems like it's going to be an event for them. I mean, but I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. I I'm in. Yeah. Be good. I, oh, oh, yeah. I'm definitely in. John, what about you? You looking forward to anything that's just as cool as the Bee Gees? <laughs> well, you, you always set me up like that, knowing that I don't have a good answer. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to something that I've been looking forward to for far too long. Okay. The Atari VCS that I backed on it's Kickstarter. Coming? Is it coming? <laughs> now, listen, hold on. Nope. I don't know for a fact it's coming. Here's what I know. It's coming. It's never getting here. Yes, Here's what I, stop jinxing me. Stop jinxing me. Here's wait, what wait, I do know. Okay, wait. Before we, let's, a little context here, John. When did you order this? I, I don't know. 2017? <laughs> when was this supposed to show? How about that? Are you sure this? it was in one of the teens? It wasn't earlier than that? Pretty sure. Yeah. It, it's been delayed many, many times. Don't make me dig back through my receipts. It's been too long. I already acknowledge that. This is Atari licensing this new console that's supposed to be the coolest shit on the face of the planet in the future. And more and more people dig into it like it's, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a, you know, it's like a, a pie box sitting in an Atari shape, whatever it is. I'm excited about it because it's got a damn Atari logo on it. I pre-ordered ahead of time. I paid for the expensive one. Yeah. How much did you, how much did you pay for it? Several hundred dollars, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they had a cheaper version. I'm just a sucker. That, yeah, I bought the premium one because I don't. I don't want somebody else to have the premium one, and I don't. Come on, this is true. This is true. <laughs> anyway, nobody has the premium one right now. <laughs> nobody, and I might not ever. Who knows? <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day, I got an email from them with a shipping update saying <gasps> they're actually starting to ship. You know, go and check your address and the you know whatever the Kickstarter back end is, and make sure everything because. Yeah, you could have moved three times between so your order well in the Creality 3D printer area. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually hopeful that it could show up. Now, is it the next two weeks? I don't know, but I'm hopeful because they said they're starting to ship. These things had to start hitting doorsteps. And, you know, the way the printer went, it could just pop in on my door without a tracking number. We know that could happen now. But I, I'm despite all of the negative buzz around what's happened, the delays, I'm still very interested in seeing what they do with this. So I'm looking forward to the possibility that my Atari VCS will arrive <laughs> in the near future. It's like, it's like potential enjoyment. It's, it's the first new news to be for stuff that arrives before the next podcast. I don't think this arrives before the next podcast year. Uh. <laughs> 
Yeah. We're going to be on episode like 104 or 120 you know something. I figured or... it, since you were looking forward to the creality for weeks, we can do this. <laughs> That's <with> true. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it's turnabout's fair play. John, I hope for your sake that it comes sooner than Thank you, Mo. Thank you for your kindness. Now I've got to go eat some jelly beans. Right. <laughs> Wednesday on CBS, The Bengals, Sting. Run DMC, The Judds, John Cougar Mellencamp, Stevie Nicks, Michael McDonald, you 2 and more in an all-new holiday special. Santa Claus is rocking the town with Top of the Pop. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! A very special Christmas Wednesday. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. Before we get out of this edition of the show, I want to take just a second, as I always do here toward the end, to express our sincere gratitude for all the folks that support us financially over on Patreon. Every month, a couple bucks out of their wallet goes to us to help keep the lights on here. And I want to thank each and every one of you. Dana, Tony, Shelby, Arlem, Greg Z, Mark, Mike C, Chet, Stu, Monkey, T2, Stubaka, Thomas, Adam, Sean, Dan, Jonathan H, Matt, Greg L, Agile, Butter, Spider, Travis, Davis, Lee, David, Ben, Levi, Marcus, Dean, Jason, Blasseter, Stashit, Chad, and Slowmo. Nice. Who, who I, I've got to point out, Slowmo, without reason, without motivation, upped his contribution level just because in wow. celebration Thank of us you. reaching wow. 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's just You're like, awesome. you know what? I, I want to support you a little bit more. And he did. So wow. thank you, Slowmo. Uh, unexpected, unprecedented. That is precedented. It's, <laughs> it's pre- is there some precedent? Say. <laughs> unexpected. We're, we're extremely grateful yeah. for everything that people, I mean, the belief they have, you have in us and the motivation. That's awesome. If you would like to join this roster of amazing human beings, George, would you let the fourth listener know how they can do that? Absolutely. All you have to do is head over to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. If you don't already have an account, you click a couple of buttons, you get a totally free account. Then you go over to the totally not free section and decide to give us $1. That means we love you. You love us. $2. We love each other doubly as much. $3 gets you into all the behind the scenes content that we put out there. And $5 starts getting you into that swag level where you can start getting sent some cool things like puzzle cubes and I don't know, posters, 3D prints. We're doing all kinds of stuff all the time. It's a madhouse around here. Gen X grown up. But in all seriousness, we do absolutely look at those every single month and we really, really appreciate those donations. We couldn't fund this ourselves and we have for (laughs) quite a bit of time. But now that you guys are supporting us through Patreon, it really absolutely helps defer the cost of all the different tools and utilities and apps and software bundles and and stuff that we have to buy to produce this. And jelly beans. (laughs) Absolutely. Jelly beans are a new line item in our budget, so we need your donations and we really appreciate it. It is a wonderful blessing to owe you guys content for yeah. how you guys support us. It is. Yeah, yeah very Absolutely. much so. And that's how I feel, too. Those are our bosses. Those are the backers. Those are the people that believe in us. And it motivates you to get up in the morning and get cooking on uh, content. So. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you so much for that. We will be back in two weeks with another episode, but next week is our backtrack. We pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, what are we doing next week for the fourth listeners? <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know about all Gen Xers, but I know for me, nothing made me lose my shit more than at Christmas time going to the toy store. The toy store. The, it's the it's mecca. The, the mecca, mecca as a kid to it's, walk you, in. You open it and here. the light washes over you as you it's go into the store. It's all for me. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's experience that really you don't have today because of stores when you have business and whatnot yeah, that yep. um, we want to talk about and just revisit that experience that we had growing up and going to these toy stores, you know? Right you are. That's coming up next week. We hope you'll join us for that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Oh, man, always fun. Fourth listener, though, it's you. We appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. It's kind of a combination of... Shit, I can't think of the name of that game. Portal? Portal? Portal, I know. What's the other one? The, the... When you're running through the office and you, the guy's oh, narrating uh, your life. Stanley Project. Stanley Parable. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, got it. Okay. We got George's Godzilla out of the way, but George, I'm sorry. We got George's <laughs> Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was looking at your name and said, well, okay. <clears throat> yeah. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.